Come on, put your hands together. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know anybody that does not have pain in their life. The only difference is whether or not they'll let Jesus take the pain away. Amen. But if you're willing, God is definitely willing. Amen. Remain standing as we turn to the word of the Lord tonight. Three different scriptures. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Hebrews 11 and 6. And Hebrews 12, 29. Haven't you enjoyed revival thus far? Amen. I'm telling you, God has taken us somewhere. Brother Poe will be with us Sunday night. Uh, coming up, and then he'll be with us the following week on that Sunday and Monday. And we're just going to keep believing that God's going to take us deeper in the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 3, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Somebody say fire. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Finally, Hebrews 12, 29, For our God is a consuming fire. I mean, I want to preach for a little while on this thought, when faith meets fire. When faith meets fire. Would you lift your hands one more time? Let's ask the Holy Ghost to help us. Father, we want a, just a manifestation of your glory. Let the hand of God be dispatched in this place. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost be rekindled in our hearts tonight. Every single day we need you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. When faith meets fire. How many knows tonight that it takes more than willpower to live for the Lord? You know, you can make up your mind to do a lot of things. But making up your mind to live for God will not get you into heaven. There's a lot of people that are good, moral, upstanding people. But they need the Holy Ghost. Even Cornelius... Bible says that he was a devout man. He was a religious man. But in all of his goodness, if you use that word, he was still lacking what mattered the most. And the Bible says, in my flesh there dwelleth no good thing. It tells us also to put no confidence in the flesh. This carnal man, this atomic nature, no, no matter how much good you decide or try to do, without the Holy Ghost, it's all for naught. 
Bible says that there's been many people that build their house on sinking sand. That's not just that's not just referring to materialism. That's talking about the flesh. That's talking about the carnal man. Those that are trying to make it through this world off of who they are and what they can accomplish and what they can do. But the Bible talks us talks about and tells us that God began making a covenant with Abraham that was stretched from generation to generation to generation. Abraham is known as the father of the faithful. Known as Abram, God called him out and wanted him to separate himself from his family. Wanted him to separate himself from what was familiar because he was going to make a covenant with him. How many know that the first step to covenant is separation? You cannot be consecrated to until you're first separated from. But you can't do both at the same time. Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Paul said, if I build again the things that I've tore down, that I myself have become a transgressor. When God pulls you out of something, it's not his intention for you to run back to the thing that God pulled you out of. But Abraham, if you're going to be a part of covenant, then you have to make sure when I call you out that you stay out. Can I tell you tonight that God's still looking for a separated church. He's still looking for a spotless bride. He's still looking for a people whose affection is his alone. Hallelujah. Abraham, I want you to come out. I've got to make a covenant with you. So Abram starts a journey with Lot. I'm expediting the story. But there, come, there comes a time as, as the blessings of God rest upon Abram. Now Abraham moved in obedience, which obedience is the first step of faith. Now, we know that the Old Testament church was not founded upon faith. It was founded upon obedience. But it was a precursor to what was to come because God wasn't going to eliminate obedience, but rather he was going to add to obedience. So Abram is walking in obedience, and here him and Lot come to a parting of the way. And Lot chooses the well-watered plains of Jordan. You know, sometimes God has to separate things in your life to get you closer to your destiny. You ever wondered why friends fell away through the years? It's because God allows things to be removed from your life so you can go closer to your destiny. And that's the danger of social media is it opens the door for people to invite back into their life who God removed from their life. You need to be careful who you open the door to 
in your life. Because it could be that God said, they're not good for you. They're going to lead you down the wrong path. They're going to they're push you away from your destiny. So I have to allow there to be a parting of the ways. And, and here, Lot chooses the well-watered plains of Jordan. Now, Lot did not go to Sodom. He just pitched his tent in that direction. Nobody jumps into Sodom. But they slowly start adjusting, just a little bit at a time. They start pitching their tent a different direction. You know, there's things that I've seen in people that took years to come to fruition. But I saw the direction of their tent change years before. There's a reason a pastor gets up and starts preaching certain things. It's because he's trying by the help of the Holy Ghost to get you to move your tent back to facing the right direction. You need to be careful when what direction your tent is facing. You may not be stepping there right now, but if you keep looking at it long enough, you're going to end up going that direction. There, there was a time in my life that, that uh, turn this off, tur turn the live, the, the live stream and the podcast off. For a Tell me when you got it off. It's off, okay. And, and so, so time came when Lot had caused the indignation of God in Sodom and Gomorrah. And thus Abraham begins to plead with God that he would spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, here's one man's faith. In so much that the Bible said he believed the Lord, he walked in obedience, which we know is the beginning of faith, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And he began to plead for there to be a deliverance. And God said, I'll send an angel. I'll send an angel. Let me tell you how, how, how evil Sodom and Gomorrah was. When God sent those angels, the men were homosexual. And they wanted to, to become intimate with those angels. And they had to strike them with blindness so they would not be able to find the door. That's how evil it became. But there was one man's faith activated the fire of God to bring about deliverance in the life of Lot. And you search the Bible, you will not find the word fire one time until fire fell upon Sodom and Gomorrah because that, it was at that point where faith met fire. It was the faith of Abraham that brought about deliverance and separation from that world. And it was a precursor to the tabernacle because there was going to be time where people who by faith would bring an offering. 
And it was that offering that they would bring. And the first thing that their faith met was the fire of God upon that brazen altar. And it was that fire that brought deliverance. It was that fire that brought salvation. It was that fire that met their faith that activated something in the heavenly realms. And you got to walk with me as we go through the Old Testament because that was a type and a shadow of what was to come. Because as obedience began to wane, John stepped on the scene as the forerunner of Christ. And he said, hey, I'm just here pointing you to somebody that's coming after me. And he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hey, listen to me, friend. Their faith began to wane in the religious world because it had turned into tradition. It had turned into ritualism. But there was somebody that God said, you got to go before me and start activating their faith again. Because when their faith meets my fire, there's going to be a burning of the world that purges them. There's going to be a deliverance from Sodom and Gomorrah. There's going to be an annihilation of all of those things that represent the flesh. What happened when they heard the word, tarry ye in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high? It sparked their faith. And for 10 days they went to that upper room until their faith met the fire of God and when those cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them it began to burn out the things of the world let me tell you what we need today more than anything we need faith that meets the fire of God in revival come on clap your hands unto the Lord right now God, saturate this place. Ignite this place. We can't have church as usual. We can't have church as normal. We need the fire of God. Hallelujah. Touch your neighbor and shout fire. It takes the fire of the Holy Ghost to make it to heaven. It takes faith. But faith was that without fire is fruitless. Scripture tells us that if any man come to God, he must believe that he is. It says without faith it's impossible. You can't please God without faith. For he that cometh to God, what's that? That's obedience. That's hearing the preach word and saying, I believe that but I believe enough to obey that. It's one thing to believe, but then you got to believe enough to obey. And you, you believe enough and, and you obey that when you step out, God is going to honor your faith. You know, I, I don't know of a time God's left anybody hanging. I don't know of a time. I'm going to tell on myself for the other night because God worked my hide over on Monday night. The Holy Ghost was moving. Everybody, I mean, it was just.
And I had made up my mind, standing over here, I said, God, if anybody gets laid in the Holy Ghost, it's going to be me tonight. I don't care what they do. I am not leaving until it happens. And so I did everything I could. I, I saw Brother Black. I said, well, let me go touch him. It'll get off on me. Well, it didn't. I said, well, my goodness. Start praying with other people. Nothing's happening. I come up here, and I'm walking around, and the Lord said, you'll roll on that platform. You'll get it. And I went. Huh? I said, God, I ain't never rolled in my life. I said, it ain't God. That's not the Lord. So I kept walking, and I got back over. The Lord said, roll on that floor. You'll get it. No, God. There's got to be other ways this could happen. I'm telling you what's going on in my mind. So I was standing right here, and I turned, and I looked at that baptistry, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you got too much pride to do it, don't you? Well, God, I don't know about this. And right when I'm sitting here trying to talk myself out of it, Brother Poe said, God's telling some of y'all to do something and you're fighting it. And I went. Is he? Okay. So then I start. Now, you got to understand how my mind works. I'm, I'm so analytical. I started going. I don't even know if I can roll in a straight line. What if I roll right into them, knock everything over? All this is happening split seconds in my mind. And then I go, well, do I take my coat off? Because I don't want to break my buttons. 250 pounds rolling on these things might break my buttons on my jacket. I don't, I've never done this before. All of this is going on. And so I realized and I knew. That if I wanted it to happen, I had to obey. See, we want it on our terms. And I said, okay, I got I to gotta have a game plan if I start rolling. I don't know how many rolls it's going to take for me to get over here, but I got to open my eyes at some point so I know when to stop and roll back. And All this stuff is happening in my mind. And so I'm walking over here, and I'm going, all right, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. And in my mind, I knew if I start acting like I'm going to do it, I'm committed. I got to do it. I got to do it. So I said, just start going down. Just start going down. And I started rolling. And I got to about right here, and I opened my eye, and I saw I was fixing to hit this, and I went, roll back. And that was the last thing I remembered. It just, and I laid there just lost in the Holy Ghost. And God just kind of whispered to my spirit and said, I told you, if you just obey, you'll get what your heart desires. Now, listen to me, church. If we're going to get where we want to be in God, you have to have enough faith to step out in obedience and put your flesh aside and say, God, I want you more than I want anything else. I want to move up God more than I want anything. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I want a fresh touch of God. Oh, if you want to clap your hands right now. We need a revival of the fire of God. We, we have got everything down pat. And you can go through the mechanics and not have the fire of God. 
to tell you, there's four things that the fire does. First thing the fire does is it illuminates the darkness. It doesn't take someone spiritual to realize that the world is not getting brighter. It's getting darker. And if the Lord delays his coming much longer, we're going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because they had no Bible, but we do. And when there was no word, you could expect the flesh to rage. But we've got the word spread throughout the world. And still, it's getting darker and darker. And the only way that the darkness is going to be dispelled is there's going to be a church that is so on fire for God that when you step out of your house and you step out of this church, they're going to look at you and realize that there is something different about that person. It's not just what they're wearing, but there is something on the inside that is illuminating and pushing back the darkness of this world. Friend, you not need not be ashamed for being apostolic. You need not be ashamed for having that fire of the Holy Ghost but that's what this world is looking for. Somebody shout yes. This is what the psalmist said. For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord God will enlighten my darkness. You ever been around somebody? Just by you being there, they did something or said something, then they apologized for it. You didn't say nothing. You, you, you didn't say a word. But let me tell you what happened. Your fire shine light on their dark deeds. The Bible says men love the darkness because their deeds are evil. You get a bunch of people walking in darkness together doing things together in darkness and, and deeds that should not be done. They're not apologizing to each other. But when somebody with the Holy Ghost steps on the scene, all of a sudden they're doing the same things that they've been doing. But now your fire illuminated it, exposed it. It's kind of like, I don't know if this is a good analogy, but it's, I'm using it. It's kind of like a dirty house. As long as the lights are off, you're fine. But you let the sunlight and all the lights come on, and you just start going, oh, my, oh my word. Look, look at that dust. Look at those cobwebs. When's the last time I cleaned over there? It's been there the whole time. But it, it was laying in darkness. But when, when the light came on, it revealed everything that was cluttering or dirtying up the house. You know what? When the Holy Ghost starts shining, it starts illuminating things. But you know what revival does? It starts illuminating things. 
areas in your life, things in your life. That's why we got to have the fire of the Holy Ghost. If there's no fire, hey, I've been in churches with no fire, and there was so much sin because there was no fire to illuminate it. There was nothing to expose it. That's why when you start getting real revival going, people start going crazy. Well, that starts acting up. It's been there the whole time, but now it's getting exposed. That's why we got to have revival in a church to keep the fire going. Because when the fire's going, it shows us everything lurking in the shadows that we've got to deal with. Hey, friend, we've got to have the fire of the Holy Ghost. When God was leading Israel out, they didn't know where they were going. So what did he do? He put a cloud by day, and he put a pillar of fire by night. The cloud was their covering to protect them from the sun. But the fire was there at night to guide them. The Holy Ghost is in your life to guide. What if the Bible says the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all truth? What is the Holy Ghost? It's the fire of God. It will lead you. And let me say this. The Holy Ghost or the fire of God that leads you through the darkness of this world will never lead you to do something that contradicts his word. All these, there, there, there's people that, well, I just feel it. You feel anything you want. That doesn't mean it's from God. I can turn on the radio and feel a whole bunch of stuff. That doesn't mean God's in any of it. I feel this. I just feel this. You've got to make sure if it's really God, His fire is not going to lead you somewhere that contradicts what He's already told you to do in the truth of His Word. So you need to measure your feelings against this truth. And if it's in line with His Word, then you can walk in it with godly counsel. But if it contradicts His Word, then you need to flee from it. That's good preaching, huh? Clap your hands. Make me feel better about it. Tell you what else fire does. Fire provides warmth. People heat their houses, especially years ago, by fire. I remember we used to own a feed store, and in the wintertime, in the back part of the of the deal, we had a heater that was by, by wood. You had to put the wood in it and get it going and da-da-da-da. And the one thing I hated was starting a fire. I hated. I'm not a good fire starter. I want to cheat. And so I just went and filled up a spray thing of kerosene. Just, just get her going. It's hard work starting a fire. 
That's why once you get the fire going, it's easier just to keep putting a log on it. And the reason people are cold in their spirit is because they failed to keep it going. And so now they don't want to put the, the, the work into, into getting the fire started again. So they're cold in their spirit. You got to keep that fire of the Holy Ghost. You can't just try to start it on Sunday. You can't try to start it in a prayer room on Wednesday. But you got to keep that fire going seven days a week. That doesn't mean that you're going to be talking in tongues 24-7. It means that you walk in a mindset of communion with God. And you're just thanking God and keeping the fire going. When you get cold in your spirit, the only remedy is you have to go back to the fire. You have to get the fire going in your life. Paul understood in Acts 28, put up Acts 28, verse number, verse number 1. They just got shipwrecked. And when they, when they came to this island, remember the story, some on broken boards, some on uh, other pieces of the ship, they floated. They escaped. They knew that the island was called Melita. And next verse, the, they were barbarians. They showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire. And received us, everyone, because of the present rain. And here it was a cold season in Paul's life. And the only remedy for a cold season is you better get a fire going. It would blow your mind how everything in your life would change if you just got a fire going at an old-fashioned altar. You can't counsel out a cold spirit, but you sure can start a fire. And you can get that fire warming up that cold spirit. Young people, if you're cold in your spirit, a shout ain't going to do it. But a fire will do it. Mom and daddy, you need a fire going seven days a week because you don't want a cold, bitter spirit to take over. Now, you got to watch this. Go to the next verse. There's a fire going. The third thing a fire is for is to remove impurities. What is an impurity? Anything that tries to hinder your spiritual progress. And there he gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. And a viper came out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Don't you think for a minute that the enemy is going to let you just build a fire without some kind of opposition. The devil does not want you thriving living for God. The devil's not just going to say, okay, y'all are having revival. All right, I'm going to just take a few weeks off. Leave y'all alone. Y'all grow in God. And I'll be waiting on you. It's not how this thing works. All kinds of things. All Paul was trying to do was throw some more sticks on the fire. Push a little bit harder. Make it a little bit bigger. 
do a little bit more to increase the size of that fire. That's what we're doing in revival is one service at a time. We're pushing one service at a time. We're throwing logs on the fire. And you better believe that there's going to be something rise up out of the midst. You know, I was, I was in my home church. There was an evangelist one time, and I had never seen my home church blow up in revival like that. I mean blow up in revival. It was blowing my mind. I watched my pastor go up to a man one time. This man had never moved in my life. I mean, you just wanted to check for a pulse sometimes. He contributed zero to a service. And during that revival, the Holy Ghost began to move. We were in our life center. So off to each side was, was just a huge opening. And people were praying all over the place. It was just mind-blowing. And I watched my pastor go grab that man, like to hug him, like he was going to pray for him. And the Holy Ghost hit that man. And while they were embraced, they began to move all, I'm not talking about just slow. It was like a pinball machine. They jumped in harmony. They never touched a person all along that side. As the Holy Ghost guided them, it was some, some one of the most unbelievable things I'd ever seen. That's the only time I ever saw that man move in my life. But there were people that were calling my pastor saying, we will not be back to church until that man is gone, until that preacher is gone. Multiple families. And I'm sitting here going, this is the greatest move of God I've ever seen in my life. But you know what happened? That fire was started raging. And when that fire started raging, things started coming out. Opposition. You know how you deal with opposition? You got to shake it off in the fire. The only way Paul could get rid of that viper is because there was a fire in his life. And he said, I'm not going to let opposition hinder me. I'm not going to let the naysayers hinder me. All I'm going to do is keep throwing logs on the fire. I'm going to keep getting the fire hotter and hotter and hotter. Friend, I don't want to be somebody that opposes the move of God. I want to be somebody that says, God, I want more of this than I've ever had before. Come on, stand with me right now. I'm beginning to clap your hands. I feel something in the Holy Ghost. Baptize us with fire. Baptize us with fire. God, we don't just want it on Sunday. We want it every day of the week. We want a fresh touch of God.
Come on, if you want to touch tonight, it's yours. If you want to touch tonight, it's yours. Step out of that pew right now and say, God, baptize me with a fresh touch. Baptize me with a fresh touch. 